When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the Fifth Quarter Studio in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to the Coaching Youth Hoops Podcast. They're playing basketball. 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 Here's our hosts, Steve Collins. Steve Collins. And Bill Flitter. Bill Flitter. Hello, coaches, and welcome to another episode of Coaching Youth Hoops. Today, we do have a special guest, but before we get to that, uh, remember to head over to coachingyouthhoops.com. Check out our new uh, service that we put together just for you. It has uh, everything you need for your basketball season. If you're a K through eight coach, it's out of the box, just grab and go. It has your basketball practice plans. Uh, it has drills that uh, I've tested, other coaches have tested. Um, everything you need to set up your season, how to communicate with parents, how to commu- communicate with players, all kinds of playbooks, videos, everything. One-stop shop, stop searching Google and YouTube. These these drills and practice plans are all vetted by coaches across the world. So head on over again, head on over to Coaching Youth Hoops uh, and get your copy of that, that huge playbook and library we put together. All right, today, guys, we have a special guest. His name is Coach Bill Powers. Again, another uh, Bay Area coach I'm bringing you guys. Uh, Bill has over 30 years of coaching experience that is amazing uh he's been a high school coach for both boys and girls he's also a a high school teacher uh he's won five league championships an ncs uh championship section championship he was coach of the year in 2009 for uh, division one basketball at monta vista high school that's in danville california uh, 2015, he was awarded with the NCS Section Honor Coach Award. Coach Powers, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Great to be here. Coach, that's a long-time coach and holding on and, and quite the accomplishments. Congrats on that. That's amazing. Can't wait to dive into that a little bit more and your background. Uh, sorry, I interrupted you, but I was just like, man, 30 years coaching. Good for you. Yeah, as I said to you earlier, I mean, I still feel like when I drive in this morning, we had open gym and uh, I drove up with the same excitement that I did 30 years ago. Uh, it hasn't hasn't changed, hasn't changed a bit. You got open gym in the morning? Yeah, we have open gym uh, on three days a week at 6 a.m. We go 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. I love that. When I was at when I was coaching at De La Salle, you know, that's when the freshman boys practiced in the morning at six. You know, it's hard at first, but then they always seem to appreciate it. And 
I got a little pushback uh, wanting to start that early, but I love that time. I just think, I don't know, it gets your mind ready, it gets your set. And and then they have the rest of the afternoon to focus on homework or whatever else they're doing, right? Exactly. Other sports too. So, uh, so today's topic, we're going to talk about, and I think this is a real teaching topic, uh, basically how to hold yourself as a coach accountable to your players. So when I asked you what was kind of your passion point, uh, this is something that you brought up. Uh, and I don't want to steal your thunder, but please, you know, go into what we had talked about and what the subject of today will be. Sure. Um, it's a quote that I heard uh, probably about 15 years ago by Mike Leach. He then was the head coach of Texas Tech uh football um he moved a couple different places unfortunately he passed away not too long ago um at that time he was the football coach at mississippi state um and he said that with players and and as we watch the game and as players play that we're either as coaches teaching it or allowing it to happen we're either teaching it or allowing it to happen so i think my perspective on that is it keeps me from yelling we practice that uh, we never do that at practice you know in some way separating myself from the mistakes that are happening and generally they're targeted towards other people to hear to get me off Uh, the hook uh right And, and i think that's that's really smart and as we said we're both guilty of it guilty of saying it. it uh but it, let's unpack that a little bit because I think that's in this world of it's everybody else's problem, not me, right? That goes for coaches as well. Uh, and, you know, we all have to take accountability and be responsible for uh, our mistakes as coaches, as players, as, as parents, right? As well, you know, that goes along with it. They have to accept the responsibility and, you know, we all have to work together in this community, so to speak, this basketball community, right, of players, coaches, refs, administration. Um, to, parents. Yeah, parents. Yep, yep, exactly. Um, and, you know, knowing that the coaches have, we're trying to, we're doing our best. Uh, and I think if we take on this this exact philosophy of, taking responsibility as a coach for the mistakes that are happening on the court. But I'm going to challenge you on this one a little bit because, and I want to learn, and I know our coaches want to learn from this as well, is we do practice stuff. Let's just keep it real simple. Let's say, um, I don't know, keep uh, our, our offense, right? There's probably a lot of times where it comes up, right? Pass, cut, screen. We work on it every day in practice. Okay. So I pass, I either cut or screen. Okay, so most players, what do they do? They pass and they stand still. We didn't work on that in practice, right? Right, right. So, how do you how do you take responsibility for that? And what's a coach to do when that happens? Yeah, well, I think the responsibility, and as I I appreciate you posing it the way that you did, it's who is the statement for? Uh, if I call you over and mm-hmm. hey, Bill, like we do not practice passing and standing like what are you doing let's go Uh that's one thing for him and i to hear it's another it is said for the parents or the spectators that are behind me who i'm trying to 
like I said, I think I said earlier, remove responsibility. So mm-hmm. it more is who is it, who needs to hear it? Um, and why do they need to hear it? I yeah. think this is that that's sort of the separate. It's not like not getting on a kid. It's not uh, having high expectations during games for do it, you know, to do the work that we practice. But it's just a matter of sometimes we just use that too easily, and we and we it, it almost like removes the responsibility of the mistake from myself if I'm if I go down that path. Yeah, yeah, because then it's just it's a it's a uh, crutch to say, well, Hey, it's not me. It's them. I, I practice this every day. And you know, they're losing because of them, not because of me. Right. Practice yeah, layups th- every day. And we're, you know, we only make 30% in a game. That's on them, not on me. Yeah. And right? I think it, it, and, and I think, you know, I, for, for a, for a K through eight coach, who may not be able to, you know, practice that often. Um, so maybe there's going to be, uh, more mistakes that might happen because you're not practicing five days a week. It's, right. It makes you think. Well, if if we're missing the lay, maybe I'm not doing the right drill. Um, and, and it's and it doesn't mean that you know you're not disappointed or upset or you know a, a point of frustration in a game. But at the end of it, we have to go back. Okay, maybe I'm not doing the right drill. Maybe there's not enough. We're doing it dummy without defense. Maybe I need mm-hmm. to make more contact. Maybe it needs to be in a live setting. So. Holding on to it just makes me watch film a little bit differently, have my practice plans created a little bit differently. My coaches are held to a different standard um, mm-hmm. that we always want to take ourselves. And it, it, uh, just as an example, if I may. Yeah. Uh, even within an open gym, we have a, a freshman who played freshman basketball. And we were talking about the importance next season of running. We want, really want to be better mm-hmm. at running. Um, and just running up the floor in transition and being more consistent when we do it. And he said something to, to the effect of, well, well, this kid's name, you know, he, he might be hard for him. He, he wouldn't do that. Like I just looked at him. I said, well, if he didn't do it, who's, who's responsible for it? Like you, yeah. the, the, the freshman coach is responsible. And, and we say it in a way that nobody, you know, doesn't have to be taken personally, it's just you we coached the kid for a year. If he's not doing it, well, yeah. let's just start with us, start with me, and then we can we can figure out other reasons why the kid might not have done it after. But we have to keep ourselves front and center. And I think a, a, an offshoot of this same thinking is when you're doing a drill or teaching a drill. Okay, so you're teaching a new drill. And quote unquote, the kids are just not getting it. They're not performing at a standard that you think they should, right? Uh, we two things can happen. Two things can happen. One is you continue to, to do that yep. drill the same way until the you you know you basically you spend you know thirty minutes on a ten minute drill until they get yep. it. Yep. Or and I think this is what you're saying. And correct me if I'm wrong. Is stop that drill. And throw it out for now, look at the film or look at, you know, regroup with your coaches and say, okay, this is on us. We're not teaching it the right way. Is that kind of, is that another in practice example? Yeah, definitely. And I think both of your examples are, there's, there's a reason for it. Sometimes, you know, it's at a point in the season where we're going to do it for 30, 
just just to kind of prove a point to make you tired to make you have to deal with fatigue and the teaching that goes along with it um it's probably not going to create the it's not the best learning environment but it Mm -hmm. might be a teaching environment in the sense that you can you, you can do this or you can get through this or sometimes it's going to be difficult and maybe at that point and I would say strongly that if you get to that moment where it's a 10 minute on the practice plan and you're going from 11 minutes to 25, those 14, 15 minutes, it's not so much the skill that you're trying to teach, but how are these kids responding? Are they going like we're, we're a no palms up program. That's a, that's a, that's a non-negotiable. We do not allow our kids to go palms up. Can the, can they go through that difficult point where it's, they clearly aren't getting it, but they're still showing, they're still going to next play. Um, they're not getting frustrated, if you know what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. you're probably not going to, if it's, you know, setting up a screen and they right. just can't get it. If they didn't get it at five, they're not going to get <laughs> it at 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. However, what you can learn about that player and what you can learn about your your players is how do, how does he or she deal with the adversity of, I want to go to the next drill. I don't want to do this, but will they still, you know, still give you the, the effort that you're looking for? Are they given in? Are they given in to the, to the, to time, the fatigue, the coaching? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you want to teach the skill and you're really concerned about the skill, well, you better stop at 10 because they're not, I don't think, I don't think it's going to get better. Um, right. You can still learn something about your team and about your player that you can then, then you can draw back to it after practice. Hey, we did a great job. We didn't get it, but nobody ever gave up. Nobody stopped trying. Nobody started. Nobody went palms up. Nobody started yelling at each other because, you know, it was the screener's fault. No, it's the cutter's fault. And hmm. so I think that you can gain from it. But if you think you're going to be getting, like, actually teaching the, the skill, it's probably not going to happen. So if don't for be- our listener, oh sorry. Uh, if for our listeners, uh, what do you mean palms up? Palms up means that I, you know, what am I? What am I supposed to do? I've done everything. It yeah. it is. It's kids do it. Players yeah. do it. Adults do it to give you the idea. I've done everything I can. And frankly, I'm a person that doesn't believe that anybody on the floor is probably doing everything that they can do. So. Uh, I really have a problem with kids and I've seen it. I've saw it in the, in our, in our championship game in 2007, I saw a player who was one of the toughest minded players who played on one of the toughest minded teams by one of the toughest minded coaches that in the country, the kid came out, we were up four or five with like maybe two, two minutes to go. And he came up, didn't get the ball and he went palms up. And I have chills as I say that because I turned to my assistant and I said, we're going to win this game. Even though it was only a two-possession game and we were probably playing a better team. Because when you go palms up, that means you – what else What else am I supposed to do? And I don't want our players to think, what else am I – because there could have been something. Change your speed, change your angle, you know, stop, better spacing. There's too many things to 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 be like, eh, what am eh. – and they use it to like, they like they're supposed to be off the hook because they do it and it's 
So that's well, that's we're, let's dive into that a little bit because I, I you know definitely that you know um uh you know again I've I've said to I I know I've said to my coaches um what am else what else are we supposed to do right but let's let's dive into the player side of that you know they're um uh they're young right they don't know they you know they only have x number of years of experience playing this game um and how do you teach that no palms yeah. up uh where they like coach i just don't know right I, I you know i know how to do x y and z right and you're asking me yeah. to do something else in addition to that but i it's like you know if i if you know you told me hey um uh, you we're going to take a test on uh, on uh, tomorrow right and the test is on you know english math and science and geometry and i say to you uh but uh i don't know geometry right and you expect me to take the test on geometry i i can't you know i you know yeah you're going what there, I supposed yeah. to do right yeah so i'm just yeah. using that as an example right you know and i'd love to hear because that is i think that does come up more often than we think and you know now that we're having this conversation I'm thinking oh my gosh yeah i did that or i've heard my players say it in some fashion form or fashion yeah, well, I, and I, I, it isn't that you don't have questions. It isn't that a player isn't um, um, – it's not that a player doesn't – I mean, a player can still un, not understand something. A player could still be mm-hmm. struggling with something. Um, and there's a way with your body language and your words to say that without – going palms up because um the mistake happens and you and and it's i think what i'm thinking more is you've taken the geometry test or you've you've had that moment Mm -hmm. and then you're looking back and your response is in result to well what else am i supposed to do because um so i i think it's more um of a response to something that you have some knowledge of mm-hmm. and you're um, kind of using it as, I think maybe you might even have said it as, no, I think you were referring to the coaches as a yeah. crutch. Yeah. of like, So I, I don't, yeah, I, I'm not sure if, it, if, if it's the perfect um, analogy of a geometry test when you haven't <laughs> studied geometry. Just because we, we, you know, we work through and hey, it's early in the season. You're not going to know things. Right. Uh, so I think it's it's. And if I may just take a yeah. just a, a little shift on that. Not putting players in a position where they would feel badly about making a mistake or feel like they would have to go because you can't really challenge kids until we've taught them well enough. So when you start out early in the season, mm-hmm. there's really not much reason to be too like to be barking at players too often. It's not until we've taught it, we've drilled it, we've we've played it live, we've you know, we've gone through all of the teaching to then you then you can start holding a player to a higher standard. And, and I know that a lot of the listeners are coaching kids that are, you know, maybe eight years old, 10 years old. So yeah. uh, it's a, it's a little bit different, but you're still, 
you know, we, we've got to teach it before we can put them in a situation where they're like, w- would feel like they would want to have to go palms up. Yeah. Well, I think that's a, just a good saying is palms up, right? Don't go palms up. I love that because it's short, it's quick, right? Uh, but the, I think going back to what you were saying about giving the kids what they need, uh, again, if you think about it, well, let me, let me, let me address it this way. It, I think it just boils down to accountability, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and saying, you know, for example, um, you know, kid, oh, coach didn't teach me that and he's expecting me to do that. Well, okay, that might be the case, but ask, right? So we, as as coaches, we need to educate kids, the kids, right? Well, I'm, I might be asking you to do something that you haven't done before, but then ask questions, right? Or I don't yeah. understand. And I think that empowers the kids to be part of the the, the process. So how do you incorporate that into the way you you're coaching your kids and then to empower them to ask those questions to teach them versus yeah. you know blaming you and and right 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 yeah, yeah. create the space create the space for the communication i mean well mm-hmm. we're, we're going down a lot of paths because yeah. it, it's yeah, exactly. all it's going to come down to trust like you have to build mm-hmm. that trust they have to yeah. trust you as a coach um and that's important. And they have, you know, it's like, like that you've, we've heard it. Like, it's not, you know, it's not what, how much we know. It's just, you know, how much they believe that we care about them. And then they'll, then they'll be excited about what we know. So, uh, but I think it's giving them space to be able to communicate, to mm-hmm. teach them when to communicate. Cause sometimes it's the, the, the coaching doesn't need a response because when kids respond, they're, you know, you're coaching them. And then if they feel like they're, they're going to respond, now they're thinking about their response and they're not thinking about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what you're telling them. Um, I don't want to know why you made a banana cut when you should have made a hard <laughs> cut. I right. want you to hard cut. But then you also have to create space for them to, you know, do you understand the why? The why is the critical piece, right? The yeah. why. Yeah. Yeah. Just you know, whatever listeners are going to take from this, I can tell you one thing about angles that the game of basketball is about really about three things and it's timing, spacing and angles. You can run whatever you're running. So just a, a nugget for, you know, I mean, you, you can just, you don't have to make it more complicated than it needs to be. You just have good timing, have good spacing, have good angles. But so with a player, you just have to make sure that they do have the space and time to, to ask questions and feel like you're going to answer the question and that they can come to you at the right. You just have to teach them what the right time is. You know, we, we have two practices a week and we only have an hour each day. Like yeah. it might not be in the middle of that, that you're going to ask me this question about the just trust. And then we'll talk afterwards and Hey, Hey Bill, what do you understand this? You have, you still have a question about this. You look like you were a little confused. Let's mm-hmm. let's talk about that. Keep notes of when they, you know, those points of confusion and then address it at the end of practice. That's a good. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good takeaway. Uh, and let's go back to what you said before, because I think this is part of the solution as well, is that trust factor is 
you know, you know, back when we were growing up, it's like, you, you know, you did whatever the coach told you to do, right? You just did it, right? Today, it's not quite the same way. But I also think maybe coaches did a better job of, of some of them, right? Building that trust or showing that they cared. Uh, how do you do that? Start So start at your level, start at the high school level, and then... How does a, you know, fifth grade mom who's coaching their kids plus, you know, all the the other community yeah. kids, how do they do that? Sure, sure. I think I think you build the trust. Like I build the trust in my players by making them understand that I care about them well more than just them as a forward or a point guard or a center. Um it's teaching beyond, beyond, well, one of the things that we say a lot at, at, mm-hmm. at Aklani's high school, right, coach, is you got to separate performance from identity. So I, I don't want them to believe that all of my, you know, anything, any of my feelings towards them is going to be based on performance. I don't want them to feel that. Mm-hmm. And so we, we, we talk constantly about things other than basketball. So they know that I care about them as a human being first, and then as a basketball player second. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I and, and that's a continual. It doesn't it, yeah. it doesn't vary on on certain days. Um, and I think it builds trust. Also, even go back to you know where we started. If, if I'm not if if they know that I'm going to take full responsibility for what's happening. And that I always will take responsibility at the end of the day uh, in regards to this is my team and, you know, I'm responsible for all that goes on. Mm -hmm. At least they appreciate that. And that's that's a piece of the trust. Um, I think how the how the the mom who's coaching a fifth grade kid and her maybe her own and then the community, I think you build you, you have less time. Yeah, but yeah. build trust from having really organized practices mm. that show that you care about their well-being on the court. I don't think you have as much time because you still have to. You're coaching basketball, so you yeah. don't have as much time for the after practice or the pre-practice or calling them in at lunchtime at you know go go meet in a classroom. So I think the trust comes in the fact that you're um, you're organized and you you're you're not confused about what you're teaching and you're mm. doing the best that you can do. That then they can trust that in that way you have their best interest. Um, so I think it's it it. That's a good that that's great, Bill. Because I think that you're you're dead on. Uh, you know, it's like you have six days a week you know, uh, during the season. And like you said, now you're doing open gyms three days a week and you, you're seeing those, uh, you know, in your case, the boys come in spending a tremendous amount of time. I was just talking to one of my gals too. Uh, she was gone for three weeks. And I said, do you realize that's the longest time that I have not seen you since <laughs> your sophomore year? Right? right. And we just like, she was just like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. You're absolutely right. You know, uh, Hey, coach! I am uh, jumping in here mid mid uh, podcast, uh, hijacking it. I have 
it's the end of the school year for me and Bill has kind of decided to, to kind of help me out these uh for the next couple of weeks on um coaching youth hoops but I wanted to jump in here to tell you how excited I am I mean our new site coachingyouthhoops.com is awesome you know it's designed for those busy schedules it's going to build your confidence it's going to save you thousands of hours and dollars um, giving you everything from practice plans to ball handling workouts to closeout drills to small site everything you need to be able to be a, become a better basketball coach it's going to be in there coachingyouthhoops.com so go over and check it out you will not de- be disappointed i have not been this excited since the cubs won the world series which i never thought would happen even though i'm wearing a boston red sox uh, hat right now so go over and check it out coachingyouthhoops.com and let's head back to the podcast uh and you know, but at the at the younger grades, uh, what you said is gold, which is be organized, have a great practice plan, uh, so you know you, you can build trust that way through your knowledge, right? And of course, you know yeah. they're still loving on the kids as much as they can, and yeah, know, bring them some cupcakes once in a while, and then you know you'll see how quickly that trust builds right there, huh? Yes, <laughs> yes, you pull that in. Don't leave. Don't make that the. <laughs> Yeah. And, and 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 to that coach and and I'm sure in other uh episodes you guys have talked about this and and you as you know practice plans being very important to you. Yeah. Uh, Cuz you wouldn't market practice plans if practice plans weren't important. It's your passion. It's yeah. you know, and one of the best ways to to mess up a really good practice is to have a really good drill. Everything's going great. Practice yeah. is great. And now you get to this drill and you forgot the one thing. What's the rotation of the drill? And once you <laughs> once you lose that and now you get a bunch of kids telling you what's the best way to rotate, yeah. you 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 were there and I'm telling you it's <laughs> it's ten point lead that now ends up in a four point loss. Oh my gosh, so, you're you're absolutely you're absolutely right. I, I, I've I've had it happen. <laughs> the drills are important, but man, yeah. do not it what is going to be the rotation who's going off who's going on yeah. and don't let once the kids start it's now you got and now you get frustrated as a coach because and they're only really trying to help you but so please do not miss coaches don't miss that piece uh of of what will and and i would always in the plans i would always write it down yeah i would I write too. it yeah. and always write the emphasis so i know what i'm teaching i don't lose sight of that yeah, what's the what's the why? What's the the major point? Yeah, yeah, and, and I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, we, you know, I spend a tremendous amount of time practice planning, and obviously, I've created a business out of it to help coaches so they can understand it. Because you know, they don't, you know, it's 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 fall. They're that's when they start thinking about basketball again, right? And then right. they're searching everywhere and finding you know finding drills to do for their season it's like okay forget about it like that's a lot of work we've done it for you done the hard hard work and hard lifting and i'm constantly learning right still about how to do run an effective practice uh i'm going to see uh actually he's coming up on a future podcast uh, uh another great coach in our area um doc and i'm headed down to watch one of his practices so i hear I don't know if you ever sat in on one. Oh, years, but... oh, I I didn't coach girls basketball long. Mm-hmm. Uh, for I coached it for a season, uh, but when I got hired, I I reached out to Doc because yeah. 
you just I, I I would encourage your coaches that listen, reach out to people. They yes. yeah. coach right. will respond to you for the most part. They, you know, and if if one person doesn't respond, don't don't stop there. Like be willing to have somebody not email you back or call you back. And and a guy like Doc, he took me under the wing. And and one of the things that that he said that was so important of, you know, is just a lot of times people talk about basketball IQ and that has a very broad understanding. Like what is basketball IQ? But I don't say that anymore. And it's because of Doc Shepler. He says it, that um, it's about vision, decision, execution. He breaks it down to vision, decision, mm-hmm. execution. What does the player see? What's the decision that they make based on what they see? And then what's the execution? And so generally it's one of those things. And a lot of times they see it right, right. They make the right decision, but the execution is incorrect. Yeah. So he's not going to talk about a player as he doesn't use the, t- the wording basketball IQ. I don't use it any longer. We're like, what did you see? Mm-hmm. What's the decision? Like you saw it and you, 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 you threw a bounce path and um, you know, but maybe the, the, there was something about the execution of the bounce pass. So, Vision, decision, execution. Yeah, you hold that in your teaching, and it will. It's a. It's a little bit of a game changer. Yeah. No, that's that's perfect. Yeah, I talk about. Uh, I, I I never used the ba- word basketball IQ. I just talk about decision making. Yeah. Right? Uh, but yeah, no vision, decision, execution. I like that. I'm gonna steal that one. Uh, and that's the thing about what we do, right? We steal and share and borrow from other coaches, and uh, you know, and and. I think that's an important piece. You know, on this podcast, we try to break the game down into small nuggets, but it really is a simple game. It's a simple, uh, you know, you said it before. What did you say? You had another um, uh, timing, spacing, oh, and yeah. angles. Yeah. Right. That, I mean, that's the game, right? Timing, spacing, and angles. Uh, you know, hitting the, hitting the, the cutter at the right time or setting the screen at the right time keeping your the, the spacing on the floor, on the court, right? The spacing, even when you're setting a screen um, and then the angles at which you come off that screen or attack or, um, or even play defense for that matter too. Right. So. Um, well, yeah. can, can I say something to that and, and hopefully I'm not going to, you know, offend anybody on here or, or people that have, and I've said these things. Okay. You, you know, but, People will say on offense, they teach offense. If you're not moving, you know, something's wrong. Hmm. And I would, I would caution someone when they're teaching spacing, timing, angles, teaching anything. At some point you have to stop so that you can read, but where you stop is important. And if you're going to stop behind the three point line or you should be wide, like, but to teach a kid to think that he should all, or she should always be moving. It becomes difficult to read things if you're yeah. constantly, you know, in motion, um, you shouldn't stand too long, but standing is okay. It's just where, where a player is standing. And so yeah. teach, instead of teaching them, they should always be moving. They, that, that, that what we want to teach is when we stop, make sure that you've stopped wide so that now you're not clogging spacing and, yeah. Well, that goes back to the timing, timing of when to stop and how long. It's all about timing, right? right? It's the timing right. piece, and that, that totally makes sense. Okay, let's go back to uh, uh, the Palms Up uh, discussion. Uh, 
And so kind of just recapping that, it's it's the idea of holding you as a coach accountable for what's happening on the court, what's happening in practice, uh, not pushing the blame on the kids. It, that's also a culture standard, right? That I'm assuming yeah. is part of what you you know you create in every and all of your cultures is you know don't push the blame on someone else. What did you do? What was your part? Uh, can you maybe talk about that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it 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 is born out of a culture of um, accountability. Um, it's born out of a culture of always not not being afraid to make a mistake. I mean, that's so mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. is so important. I mean, that is uh, hopefully our coaches are teaching the game in a way that players are okay with making mistakes. John Wooden said it. Uh, very well that, you know, the, the best teams are the teams that make the most mistakes. Just don't make the same mistakes. Right. But you, right. you yeah. want to, you want to encourage the mistakes. Um, and so a player can make a mistake and then not feel like that's that that would be his or her outlet. Um, there's a, there's a sports psychologist, Graham Beckhart who teaches palms down. He's a, he's a local guy here. Um, really, you know, if anybody's interested in mind skills and, um, maybe we can get he, him on the podcast too. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was huge. Um, but it's, it's, it's just avoiding that sense that, um, you know, there's not removing responsibility from a moment. I think mm-hmm. like, as I do that, like, as I'm saying that I just, just the way that you feel when you do that. Um, I want my players to feel like they have, that there's always something that they can do, something they mm-hmm. could have done. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that feeling of, of it's almost confusion. Like a kid asked me the other day, like I'm kind mm-hmm. of confused. And I, I'm one that I really, and you know, the times are the times. I think a lot of kids got confused. A lot of the world got confused in the pandemic. Yeah. And, and, and we're in not that palms up didn't happen before, but as a teacher, I would hear that a lot. Like, I'm just confused. I'm confused. And I, I really try to temper that in my players. I don't, it doesn't mean that, that it's, you know, if, if you're not clear, you're not clear, but I try, I don't want them saying I'm confused. I think that's another one. Really? You're confused. Well, have you done X, Y, and Z? And most times you haven't done those things. So it's just too early to be, I'm confused or what am I supposed to do? And now the championship game that I told you about, that was 30 of just, you know, basically being guarded by Steph Curry and, um, or, or guarded the way that Steph Curry is guarded. I mean, we, we, we hounded him. It was hard. It was, you know, but yeah, that's that's a different that was a little bit of a different deal um that makes sense and talk about i think this is an important topic too that comes off of this is the parent player coach inner interactions um again going back to um you know the parents pushing blame on the coach and not holding their kids accountable how do you address that? You probably haven't had any complaints in your 30 years. So oh, yeah. This never, is all foreign never, to you. Never. But 
Well, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, one thing that I said, and, and there's a, there's a, so many. I mean, this is this is an entire podcast. Um, yeah. But one thing that I've said to my players more recently, mm-hmm. and I said it early on, this you know, you want to separate performance from identity. Separate performance mm-hmm. from identity. And mm-hmm. I, I, I think parents need to do the same thing. Like sometimes, you know, uh, Johnny's a really good player. That must mean that I'm a really good parent. Uh, Jane is not so mm-hmm. good. And so then I take it somewhat personally and I feel like I can't walk in the gym. I got to sort of like, oh, my, she's not playing. And like, no, like it's so it, it's it's not pushing and. One of the most important things that, that parents can do um, for their son or daughter after a game is if the player does not play and they come out of the locker room, they have just they, they, they got to see a smile. They've, they've got to see you happy. Mm-hmm. Even maybe you're inside, you're seething or whatever, you're upset. But mm-hmm. you, because my fear is, and I hope, and I have, kids now that are playing about you know my son is is nine and he's playing and my daughters are playing softball and so i'm going to be in this situation um i I don't want them to associate my happiness as a parent with their playing time and i just as 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 for the parents that are on that listen to this you know it's so important that you greet them with a smile and they come out because then it's like, well, if I played more, maybe you'd be happier. Mm-hmm. Like you want to be careful that that's that's being construed in that way. Yeah, uh, that's 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 really great advice. So what happens, though, in that situation? You're in the car ride home and um, <sighs> give us some more advice here. Let's let's start with this player. Mom, I didn't get to play that much today or I never get to play. Coach hates me. Right. So yeah, uh, I'm I'm driving now. What do I say to my son or daughter in your through your eyes, looking through this yeah. lens of accountability, right? Well, one thing I I do is um, I ask my son or daughter right now, do you want to hear anything? Like mm. I I don't start, okay? Yeah. Uh, and well, can I can I just back up to what I say to my players? Yeah. That sometimes if, I I I I go to my players. And, and try to avert this. Um, and I'll say multiple times early, I'll say it in the summer, like we start playing summer league and they're getting to know me. And if maybe, you know, it, maybe the first or second game somewhere in there that when you, if someone wants to engage in conversation about your teammate, about, you know, the mistakes that they made or, you know, kind of the things that we're talking about, like you said, yeah. in the car, that what I want our players to say is that's my teammate, and I'm not gonna. I don't want to talk about my teammate. And if you want to go rebound for me, let's go get some shots up. Or you want to go play, we'll go dribble or what. But I'm not gonna engage in conversation about my teammate. And so I really make sure that that they're protective of their team, their teammate, and because you know a lot of stuff that can happen in a locker room can in those first five minutes can really be damaged. Yeah. Um, so. That is where I try to avert it from the player. I think coaches should communicate with parents. I, I you know, I, I think there should be a lot of communication. I don't, don't, I would suggest or, or, or encourage coaches that are on here at any of the levels 
to welcome the conversation with with parents. If you put a shield up like you're not going to talk, I'm not going to talk to you. I just think it, you know, it's like the referee. It's like the referee that doesn't want to engage with you. Only that, that only makes it worse. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't temper the problem. It just, it just escalates it. So, um, you know, obviously there needs to be parameters that get created, but don't, don't, I don't want to say don't, I just, I would encourage the conversation with parents and it, you can diffuse a lot by having open line of communication. You're not going to win every battle. you you know, some, sometimes it's just, you know, it's just going to be one of the situations, but. And that, that's the, you know, that, that goes to the grade school level too, right? You're going to, uh, you know, it, there's still lots of complaining down there. You know, even if you don't think there are, there's parents in the stands complaining about the way you run the game and, uh, what have you. And I think over communicating with parents on a weekly basis, just little things, what happened in practice, right? Um, what you're learning that week or what, what your focus is uh, for that week. Uh, you well, know, and if you want to build, so. you want to build yeah. the trust. If you do like, Oh, just take the time to do a 15 minute weekly email. Say, right. Hey, what we're doing. Sure. And this is, these are the things, and this is what's, you know, this is what we're focusing on. And this is where we, you know, I, I just, I think, that is, you know, 15 minutes of time that could really be valuable. It would be, it would, the dividends would be, yeah. would be great to something like that. And that's where you I, don't go up. Like, well, what it, the parents, they, they know whatever I do. Well, whatever you do, have you, have you done a weekly email or have you done a, you know, sometimes you, you do, do a beginning of the season talk. Did you do a mid season talk and mm -hmm. uh, with your parents? So, that's the whole palm up. That's the whole we practice well, you know, just as coaches, as much as we can hold responsibility for what's happening, it just yeah, it just makes us look at all angles. We don't catch it all. You can't we can't catch it all, but no, no, you, no, if you wait in your scope, you're gonna catch more. Yeah. Well, uh coach, let's let's wrap this up. Let's uh give me a few takeaways. So again, the 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 focus of this, you know. The palms up, the holding you accountable. Um, if if any mess, what's the one message or a few points that you want uh, our list, the listeners, the other coaches out there to take away from today and our conversation? Um, well, number one, your thank you for coaching. Right, um, Amen. I think uh, I would say reach out to people. Mm -hmm. uh, it's okay to be. To, to be inexperienced, it's okay to um, to have weaknesses. I think it's I have them. I still have them, uh, and I'm you know I'm just going to continue to to try to learn so that I can lessen them. Um, I think you know we could go. I could like, like this this just when you challenge your players during a game, just make sure you, you you're doing it for the right reason. And it's not to remove the responsibility. That's, that's where this whole thing started from, right? I, I can't yell at my players these things that would potentially remove responsibility from the mistake that they're making and me as their coach. I'm always connected with that. And I want them to be connected. I want all coaches to be connected and to live those words of Mike Leach because it makes us practice better. It makes us research more. It makes us make that extra mm -hmm. phone call because – 
ultimately, if my players are going palms up, it's on me. Uh, if you come watch us play and we're not doing the things that I've either said on this podcast or well, Rick Majerus said it, you know, another rest in peace person that maybe people who don't know who he is, you know, he'd be a good guy to Google. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you have some resources of it. You can, he can, he would walk in a gym and be able to tell right away what the three most important things are to your Without you telling them, he can just see it. You can hear it. You can feel it inside a gymnasium. So I think, you know, think about what are the couple things that they want to teach. And um, and then, and then yeah, teach them and keep, keep going back to are they looking the way that you want them to look and use practice time to change them. Get yeah. those practice plans that, you know, you have full and yes. – and, yeah. yeah, no, coach, that that's good, and and, and I completely agree. And I think the, the this idea of holding yourself as the coach accountable, um, you can take that on the practice field or or court and, or in life. Uh, that, again, there's always that correlation between basketball and life, and I think that's a good one. I think that's a good one to instill in the players at a young age: is hold yourself accountable. Uh, and, uh, you know, I love the way you incorporate that into the the idea of basketball and, and you know, the palms up analogy. I love analogy. I love things that you can talk about, right? When you can right. see, you know, your palms up, right? Because we're all there and we all get that, right? So I love that. Um, Coach Powers, amazing. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I know I appreciated it. Appreciated it. I know coaches... Um, our listeners uh, will appreciate, and there's a lot of nuggets uh, that you you threw down today in your 30 plus years of experience. We appreciate you taking the time. And if they want to reach out to me, you can always make my information available to them at email address or. Yeah. You want to just say it right now and then I'll put it in the show notes too. So. Yeah, sure. They could reach out to uh, Bill Powers, B-I-L-L-P-O-W-E-R-S. 2023 at gmail.com and I'll be happy to respond and anything I could do to help them in their experience in coaching. Awesome coach. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, and we'll talk soon. Okay. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network.